VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. Coming up this hour. Wall Street braces for today's Fed decision in Jay Powell News Conference. Oil spikes higher after Vladimir Putin steps up his war against Ukraine. We're live with the latest. And bank CEOs head to Capitol Hill to testify before Congress. President Biden headlines a Democratic fundraiser in New York City. Plus, a special master expresses skepticism about Donald Trump's legal arguments. I'm Michael Barr, more ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run. The Yankees then won on a walk-off grand slam. The Mets with a dramatic comeback victory. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 106.1 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are rising this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures now up about 12 points. Dow futures up 101, and NASDAQ futures up 17. The DAX in Germany is up about a tenth of a percent. And the 10-year Treasury up 8.30 seconds, yield 3.53%. The yield on the two-year is at 3.94%. And Bitcoin this morning is at 9 $19,000. Nathan. Karen, we begin with the key meeting Wall Street's been waiting for all week. This afternoon, we find out just how much the Federal Reserve raises interest rates. Let's get a preview from Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Federal Reserve officials are about to put numbers on the pain they've been warning of in recent weeks. The benchmark U.S. interest rate will go up, likely three-quarters of a percentage point. But most importantly, they will publish new projections for the economy, which are likely to show slower growth and substantial rise in unemployment ahead. All that will be reflected in higher interest rates, and those interest rates will stay higher for longer. All of which makes the dot plot the most important news out of the meeting. It's not what the Fed does now, but what it signals about what's next. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you. Well, ahead of that decision, one former Fed official is calling for the central bank to continue aggressive policy. We caught up with former Atlanta Fed President Dennis Lockhart. I believe they'll do 75, but I cannot 
fully rule out 100. I can rule out 50. There is no justification for dialing back at this point. But uh, I think I, I really think the highest probability is 75. Former Atlanta Fed President Dennis Lockhart made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Kathleen Hayes. Well, one top economist think the uh, Fed's going too far in raising rates. Karen David Rosenberg of Rosenberg Research says the negative impact will be felt next year. Everybody applauding Powell right now for doing what he's doing to crush yesterday's story, which is called inflation, is going to be ruining the day uh, 12 months from now when the recession is going to be deepening and we're not going to have any idea how we're going to get out of it. David Rosenberg of Rosenberg Research made those comments on Bloomberg Surveillance. Join us for a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance with live coverage of the Fed decision. It's coming up at 1.30 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, another major story we're following this morning, Nathan, focuses on Russia's ongoing war in Ukraine. Moscow is preparing to escalate the conflict. Vladimir Putin is vowing to use all means necessary in the war and announced what he calls a partial mobilization. We get more from Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo in Brussels. The war is going to continue for longer. If you thought there was a diplomatic solution possible to this in the medium term, I mean, I think after this you can really kiss it goodbye because it's not going to happen. And then the other issue is that it does speak to some extent to the urgency of the Russian army to provide additional manpower to what is now a very messy front line for Russia, especially in the wake of that counteroffensive from the Ukrainian army last week. It had been an embarrassment. We had been waiting for the response, and now we have it here. Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo says oil is spiking on news of Russia's mobilization and checking prices right now. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.5%, up $2.16 at $86.10 a barrel. Brent is also up 2.5% at $92.85. Look here, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine is also dominating talks at the United Nations General Assembly in New York City. Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern is there and filed this report. Putin will be holding sham votes as soon as this weekend to absorb four regions into Russia that are part of Ukraine. We spoke to NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg, who says this does not change the facts on the ground. Such uh, sham uh, votes, uh, referendums, uh, do not have any legitimacy, and therefore they don't change the nature of the conflict. This remains a war of aggression by Russia against the independent sovereign nation in uh, Europe. Biden will be addressing the assembly on Wednesday, and according to his national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, what he will want to communicate is that he pushes back against aggressors who seek to threaten, coerce, and intimidate their members or to violently attack them. Anne-Marie Hordern, Bloomberg News, New York. Anne-Marie, thank you. Back in the nation's capital, the country's biggest banks are also in focus today. Top executives head to Capitol Hill for two days of testimony on the banking industry. We get that story from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. A House committee hearing on banking accountability is set for today. A Senate panel will hold a hearing on annual oversight of the nation's largest banks tomorrow. The CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase plans to tell the lawmakers that increasing capital requirements for big banks is bad for America. Jamie Dimon's prepared remarks hit on a range of issues, and he says his firm plays an important role in the global economy. He warns of harm from arbitrary increases in capital requirements. The CEOs of Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup will also be heard from. Jeff Bellinger, 
Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, thanks. Another note this morning on Wall Street Banks. They're likely to lose about $600 million after unloading debt for the buyout of Citrix Systems. Investors required significantly higher yields than banks had promised to private equity firms Vista Equity and Elliott Investment Management. That forced Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, and others to absorb the losses. And another major corporation is making hiring changes, Nathan. Boeing is cutting accountants and hiring more engineers. The airplane maker plans to outsource about 150 accounting and finance jobs as it shrinks its corporate structure. At the same time, it'll increase hiring to support engineering, manufacturing, and product development. Again, futures moving higher this morning. And straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. It's Karen, 607 on Wall Street, 64 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with that accident cleanup on the southbound Major Deegan near Yankee Stadium. Michael Barr is here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. President Joe Biden headlined a fundraiser in New York last night. It raised about $2 million for Democratic Party organizations. It featured celebrity guests, including actor Robert De Niro and Mayor Eric Adams. The event on the night before Biden's address to the U.N. General Assembly was held at the Manhattan home of designer and Democratic activist Henry Munoz. Venezuelan migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts sued Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his transportation secretary, accusing them of a fraudulent and discriminatory scheme to relocate them. A Texas sheriff has opened an investigation into the flights as well. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker. I am very glad that the sheriff chose to open an investigation. I think that's the right thing to do. Meanwhile, Governor DeSantis says many of the migrants and asylum seekers want to go to Florida, and he means to stop them. We have to go and figure out, okay, who are those people likely to be? Uh, And if you can do it at the source and divert to sanctuary jurisdictions, the chance they end up in Florida is much less. Governor DeSantis hinted of more flights. New York Mayor Eric Adams announced another sign of the city's gradual return to the pre-pandemic norms. We will also provide additional flexibility to business by lifting the private sector mandate on November 1st. Uh, This put the choice in the hands of New York businesses. It is imperative that we're asking them to continue to encourage their employees to get their vaccines and booster shots. Mayor Adams says they will continue to require its own workers to be inoculated. New York will install surveillance cameras in its subway train cars in a push to crack down on crime underground. Governor Hochul says there will be two cameras per train car. The special master requested by Donald Trump to review thousands of documents the FBI seized from his Mar-a-Lago home expressed skepticism about some of the former president's arguments. At his first hearing in the matter, U.S. District Judge Raymond Deary pushed back on the Trump lawyer's position that they didn't need to detail any alleged declassifications of highly sensitive records. Hurricane Fiona is threatening to strengthen into a Category 4 storm as it lashes the Turks and Caicos Islands and was forecast to squeeze past Bermuda later this week. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Going up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Nathan, a memorable night at Yankee Stadium. Didn't look like it would be. Yanks came up out of the ninth inning, trailing the Pirates 8-4. to Aaron Judge had gone 0 for 3 with a walk, but he led off the ninth. So one more chance to join a very exclusive club. 
Swung on it. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. He's tied the babe. It's a judgy and blast. His 60th home run of the year. Wow. WFAN, the call. So Judge matches Babe Ruth from 1927. Next up, of course, Roger Maris is 61 in 61. The homer made it 8-5. to five. Yankees were hardly done against the Pirates. Will Crow, they loaded the bases. With still nobody out. Giancarlo Stanton, who since coming off the injured list last month, was 9 for 72 with 30 strikeouts. Delivered a walk-off grand slam laser down the left field line. Yanks won 9-8. to eight. The Yankee debut of Bronxville native Harrison Bader. He drove in three runs. Plenty of drama for the Mets. In Milwaukee, they trailed 4 to nothing. Sixth inning, Pete Alonso with his second three-run homer as many nights. And an inning later, Francisco Lindor with a game-winning grand slam of his own. Mets won 7-5 to stay a game ahead of Atlanta. Maury Wills has died at 89. Longtime Dodgers shortstop the NL MVP in 1962 when he stole a then-record 104 bases. A couple of Norris Trophy-winning defensemen have retired. P.K. Subban, only 33, played for three teams, including the Devils. And Zdeno Chara, who's 45, one-time Islander, spent most of his career in Boston. The six-foot, nine-inch Chara, tallest player in NHL history. John Stash Howard, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. S&P futures up eight points. Dow futures up 78. NASDAQ futures up six points. Ten-year Treasury up six thirty seconds. Yield 3.53% ahead of the Fed decision. We preview next live with Bloomberg's Michael McKee in Washington. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, a mix of sun and clouds with a high near 80 today. Any showers will end early tomorrow. It'll turn partly sunny, a little cooler, upper 70s. Only mid-60s, sunny, breezy for Friday. Right now, 64 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and the stocks are higher along with U.S. stock index futures ahead of another expected rate hike from the Federal Reserve and Treasury's gold and the dollar are jumping after Russian President Vladimir Putin stepped up his war against Ukraine. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about 11 points. Dow futures up 92 and NASDAQ futures up 13. The DAX in Germany is little changed. CAC in Paris up a quarter percent and the FTSE 100 up three quarters of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds, yield 3.53 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.95 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.4 percent, up $2.04 at $85.98 a barrel. COMEX gold up 7 tenths percent, or $12.10 at 16.83, 10 an ounce. The euro, 0.9925 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1342. And the yen, 143.95. And Bitcoin is up about two-tenths of a percent at $19,000. And as a Bloomberg Business Flash, now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russian President Vladimir Putin has announced a partial mobilization in Russia. The measure appeared to be an admission that Moscow's war against Ukraine is not going according to plan. After nearly seven months of fighting amid recent battlefield losses for the Kremlin's forces. President Biden speaks to the U.N. General Assembly later this morning. Aides say the president will accuse Russia, a permanent member of the Security Council, of striking at the very heart of the U.N. Charter for invading Ukraine. 
Of course, we'll carry President Biden's address live. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Pirates 9-8. Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run this season, one away from Roger Maris's American League record. The Mets and Red Sox won. The Orioles and Nationals lost. A's and Giants were winners. Global News, 61 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg <laughs> Quick Take, powered by more than 6,100 journalists and analysts in more than 61 countries. I'm Michael Barr, 61. This is Bloomberg. Back to you, 61. What number is this broadcast brought to us by, Michael? Thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's turn from the number 61 to 75. That's the number a lot of uh, market participants have been bandying about as we await a uh, Federal Reserve decision in just a few hours' time. Let's bring in Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee, joining us live from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C., on this Fed decision day as the war on inflation continues. Mike, we'll get to see just what kind of weaponry the Fed is going to deploy. Yeah, I'm tempted to keep the analogy going with the Michael Barr there and talk about <laughs> 75. Yeah, what's even the blast going to be, Bonds. exactly? But uh, And no asterisk for uh, Aaron Judge. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Fed's going to be raising rates, and the consensus is for 75 basis points, three-quarters of a percentage point. That would take the rate to the highest since 2008. Of course, at that time, rates were coming down, uh, but uh, they were um, the Fed was uh, looking to – uh, tighten as much as possible uh, in the uh, I- I- this time. So they're going up, and the question is going to be not so much what they do today, but what they do down the road, which takes us to the infamous dot plot, right? Uh, and and how high they think the terminal rate is going to be. Oh, and the uh, term uh, the. Uh commentary we've heard from Chairman Powell, particularly at uh, Jackson Hole last month, is that rates are going to stay higher for longer, could be elevated for some time here, and market participants are looking for that pivot to slower rates. I guess we find out perhaps today when that pivot could happen or at least get some signal of what the Fed's going to be looking for. I suspect uh, there will be no signal on timing for a pivot uh, what gets lost in the confusion in the markets is uh, a pivot to whether it's a pivot to a smaller monthly rate increase, uh, say 50 basis points or 25 basis points, or a hold. Or you get to a level and keep it there. And then the idea that the Fed will be cutting rates. And if you look at the WIRP function on the Bloomberg, you'll see that investors think the Fed is going to start cutting rates as soon as May of next year. And Jay Powell, I'm fairly certain today, will push back strongly against that idea. They will probably uh, show us in the dot plot that they don't expect any changes until 2024, and he'll reinforce that message. And what kind of reinforcement are we expecting then from the uh, new economic projections we're expecting from the Federal Reserve? Well, what's really going to be interesting there is how high they forecast unemployment in the next two years. It'll give us some idea of what they think is tolerable in terms of how high it could go. I don't think there'll be anything outrageous, but it'll be over 4%. So how high do they think they need to take unemployment or need monetary policy is likely to influence unemployment to get inflation starting to come down? And I suspect that we will see the inflation forecasts 
trimmed a bit, uh, inflation will come down more slowly than it has been forecast in the previous projections. Got about a minute left here. We know Chairman Powell's listening, so let's give him a heads up on the question you're going to be asking him uh, when you participate in the news conference at 2.30. Uh, well, I could ask him if uh, Aaron Judge should have an asterisk like Roger Maris, <laughs> but I think I will no. probably ask him something <laughs> about uh, how surprised the Fed was by the strength of the economy and the strength of inflation because they've been raising rates significantly for about six months now, and we're not seeing a whole lot of impact other than in housing. Yeah, and uh, not seeing it much in the uh, core either, and uh We've seen where rates have gone at this point. Do we? Do, are, are we expecting that we're going to get any idea, Mike, about what the Fed thinks restrictive is? Well, that's a good question because restrictive means different things to different people. Long run, they think neutral is 2.5%, but at this point, because inflation's so high, they have to go higher. How much higher? That's a bit of a disagreement among them, but... Uh, you know, everybody's a hawk at this point. So yeah. it's somewhere in the fours. It's a question of how close you get to five or if there's anybody who thinks you need to go over five. Thanks for this, Mike. Good having you on with us this morning. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Economics and Policy Correspondent, ahead of the Fed decision, 2 p.m. Wall Street time. Michael, be there for the news conference with Chairman Powell at 2.30. Our coverage begins at 1.30 p.m. with a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance Across Bloomberg Radio and Bloomberg Television. Right now, S&P futures are up seven points. Dow futures up 65. NASDAQ futures, little change to the upside. The 10-year Treasury is up 530 seconds, yield 3.54%. This is Bloomberg. 625, Bloomberg 1130 weather. Mix of sun and clouds with a high near 80 today. Upper 70s tomorrow. Mid-60s Friday with sunshine and a breeze. Right now, 64 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. IBKR Investment Advisors switch to Interactive Brokers for lowest-cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interests at IBKR.com slash RIA. Up first, we find out how much the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates this afternoon. Former Atlanta Fed President Dennis Lockhart says he expects a 75 basis point high. And he thinks rates will continue going higher until late next year. It's just very unlikely that you're going to see a pivot from one meeting to the other going from hawkish to dovish overnight. So I would expect that once they get to a point they feel they need to either pause or stop, that rate will be sustained for probably several meetings. 
Former Atlanta Fed President Dennis Lockhart tells us there's no case for anything less than 75 basis points today. Stick with us for live coverage of the Fed decision and a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance beginning at 1.30 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Karen, another major story we're following involves an escalation by Russia in the war with Ukraine. Vladimir Putin's vowing to mobilize troops. He is renewing nuclear threats and occupation authorities installed by Russia have announced referendum votes aimed at annexing Ukrainian territory. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper says that vote should not be recognized. These regions will vote to join Russia to be annexed, and that's predictable, and Putin will manipulate it in whatever way he can. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should recognize them. I think the the sovereign territory, the boundaries of Ukraine have been identified clearly and recognized by the U.N. since the breakup of the Soviet Union in 1991, and we should continue to assist Ukraine in restoring their complete sovereignty to include Crimea. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Nathan, the country's top bank executives are set to spend two days testifying on Capitol Hill. J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon is expected to tell lawmakers higher capital requirements are bad for America. Follow the hearing live on Bloomberg Radio in the 10 a.m. hour. And a note from Boeing this morning, Karen. The airplane makers cutting accountant jobs and hiring more engineers. Boeing plans to outsource some finance jobs while increasing hiring for engineering, manufacturing, and product development. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers on a day when S&P futures are up about seven points. Dow futures up 63 and NASDAQ futures are little changed. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 64 degrees in Central Park. The traffic issue continues to be the accident cleanup southbound Deegan near Yankee Stadium. Michael Barr is here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. President Biden took part in a Democratic fundraiser in New York City last night. The event featured Mayor Eric Adams and actor Robert De Niro. It raised about $2 million for the party. The event, with about 100 people, was held at the Manhattan home of designer and Democratic activist Henry Munoz. New York Mayor Eric Adams said he is ending the city's COVID-19 vaccine requirement for private sector workers on November 1st, one of the last remaining restrictions of the pandemic. Adams says, though, city government workers will still need to be immunized against COVID. Vaccinated workers have uh, carried out their jobs and they stepped up when the city needed them the most. And we think it's imperative to send the right message and lead by example. Mayor Adams also said the city is dropping a requirement that students who participate in after-school activities be vaccinated. New York City used to be known as the city that never sleeps and then came the pandemic. Now restaurants that used to be open 24-7 are no longer open around the clock. Catherine Wild with the Partnership for New York. We've seen difficulties in getting employees and customers to, to come to work 24-7. People are more nervous about security conditions overnight. Catherine Wild with the Partnership for New York is optimistic the city will turn around. Hurricane Fiona is now a Category 4 storm as it approaches Bermuda on Friday. Philippe Pappen is with the National Hurricane Center. The system is going to be growing in size over the next couple of days, and that's going to produce some significant seas 
across the eastern seaboard, and so there's going to be a significant wave and rip current threat for the eastern uh, United States coastline. The National Hurricane Center's Philippe Papin says Fiona blasted the Turks in Caicos Islands after devastating Puerto Rico. The special master tasked with inspecting the documents seized in an FBI search at Mar-a-Lago met with lawyers from the Trump team and Justice Department. Raymond Deary says he intends to push briskly through the review process. He appeared skeptical of the Trump team's reluctance to say whether it believed the records had been declassified. Global News 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. Yankee fans went to the stadium to see some history. Four times Aaron Judge had come to the plate. Everyone took out their cell phones, but Judge was 0 for 3 with a walk. And then bottom of the ninth inning against the Pirates, Will Crow, who's a relative of Babe Ruth's teammate Red Ruffy and a patented Judge Homer. 430 feet to left field, number 60. Equaling what the Babe did in 1927, joining the 60 home run club. It includes Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Roger Maris. He, of course, hit 61. Maris's two sons were at the stadium last night. He'll be back there tonight. Mike Kessler, who's on the CCNY baseball team, caught the ball in the bleachers and gave it to Judge after the game. The Judge Homer left the Yankees still behind 8-5, to five, but... They loaded the bases, and with Crow still on the mound, still nobody out. Up step Giancarlo Stanton. Swung on, drove the deep left. That ball is going to be gone. A grand slam to win the game. A no one out, bases loaded, grand slam, bottom of the ninth. And the Yankees have come back in the ninth inning with five runs to win the game 9-8. The call Stanton had been struggling mightily since coming off the injured list last month. Mets had a big grand slam of their own. Francisco Lindor, seventh inning, giving them a 7-5 win at Milwaukee. Atlanta won again. Braves clinched the playoff spot. They stay a game behind the Mets. They're even in the loss column. Cleveland took a big step towards winning the AL Central. Five in the 11th to beat the White Sox and go up by a five. Toronto moving closer to at least a wild card playoff spot. An 18-11 win at Philadelphia. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. It's 637 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta on this Fed Decision Day. It looks like the broader market's in kind of wait-and-see mode, Kriti, but we have seen a big surge in the commodity space with this partial mobilization announcement overnight from Vladimir Putin. We absolutely have. I mean, there's so much going on today, Nathan. I'm going to start with that Fed day that you just mentioned. It's simply that we have this kind of sell the rumor by the news dynamic in the market. The last two days have been sell-offs, pretty normal ahead of FOMC decisions. If you look at the past Fed meetings this year, they've all actually had rallies on the day. The idea here simply being that the market is already kind of pricing in exactly what the Federal Reserve is going to tell us. And and right now they're pricing in 75 basis points on the table for today. Um, The question is going to be what they indicate about the next meeting. Is 75 basis points on the table for November. Nevertheless, to your point, futures are up about two-tenths of one percent. But you're right. All the action is in the commodity space. Check this out. You actually have oil uh, futures. The Brent contracts at 92 handle, NYMEX at 86. But the read-through into the stock market is the names like ExxonMobil. XOM is your ticker, up 1.3 percent. A similar story with Chevron. CVX is your ticker there. Those shares up 1.3 percent. Once again, the idea here being that if you start to have this kind of amping up of, of 
of forces in, in the Ukrainian-Russian uh, war at the moment, then that is going to further delay any sort of progress on the natural gas front, on the oil front, etc. cetera. Uh, and that, of course, creates a little bit more demand, pushing those prices just a little bit higher. What I will say, though, is they've kind of been in that range all week, though, the 80s, early 90s um, kind of uh, range. So I wouldn't be too worried about it just yet. But you can still see that there are some nerves built into the market. Nathan, the other place that a lot of people don't think to look is mm. defense stocks. So think Lockheed Martin, for example. LMT is your ticker. Up a whopping 2.6% today. Um, a similar story when it's going to come to Boeing shares. BA is your ticker. Um, well, they're actually down three-tenths of 1%, but keep an eye on that because it tends to move in tandem with Lockheed Martin. And when we talk about defense, it's not just about things like artillery or military equipment. It's also things about cybersecurity. Remember, Russia has a major... Um, edge in terms of cybersecurity. So names like Palo Alto Networks is going to be a name that comes to mind. P-A-N-W, the shares are up about one-tenth of one percent today, a tiny bump there. You're going to see a similar one with a company like Datadog, for example. Once again, these are all cybersecurity companies also up one-tenth of one percent. So keep an eye on that. We might see a little bit of an acceleration as we go uh, into the U.S. market open. Yeah, it could be interesting to see whether we get any more movement with the uh, U.N. General Assembly underway as well, whether we get the reaction to uh, Putin's comments from President Biden when he addresses the gathering in New York later this morning. We'll have that for you live. The president speaking at the U.N. General Assembly uh, just around 1030 Wall Street time. So uh, keep it right here on Bloomberg Radio for that. Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta, as always, thanks for the pre-market update. Looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the open and the Fed decision. S&P futures up seven points. Dow futures up 72. NASDAQ futures up one point. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather mix of sun and clouds with a high near 80 today. Upper 70s tomorrow with a partly sunny sky. Mostly sunny, breezy, cooler Friday. Highs in the mid-60s. Right now, 64 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are higher this morning. We have the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call, and here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. Modest gains in the U.S. futures right now. Dow futures up 86 points. S&P has gained 10, while Nasdaq futures are higher by 8. The U.S. 10 yield at 3.54%. Gold is up 10. Oil is also trading higher. And Bitcoin is little changed. Hong Kong dropped 1.8% overnight, while European markets are also quiet this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, existing home sales. And at 2 o'clock, that, eight, uh, that FOMC rate decision. Regarding earnings, look for General Mills to report in the pre-market. And in other news, Wall Street banks face $600 million in losses on Citrix debt. Wrapping things up, Estee Lauder was raised to buy over at Goldman Sachs. Micron was cut to neutral over at Mizuho. Live from the first break of news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Biden is in New York City today, joining fellow world leaders at the United Nations. The White House says the president will address a range of issues in his speech later this morning, but his main focus will be the war in Ukraine. While President Biden is expected to deliver a harsh message to President Putin, 
Officials say he will not call for Russia's removal from the U.N. Security Council. Of course, we'll carry President Biden's address live. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Pirates 9-8. Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run of the season, one away from Roger Maris's American League record. The Mets and Red Sox won. The Orioles and Nationals lost. The A's and Giants are winners. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT is ranked top 10 nationally on money's best engineering colleges list. What will you make at NJIT? Learn more at NJIT.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The United Nations Secretary General says rich energy companies should be forced to fork over some wind fall profits to aid victims of climate change. In his opening remarks at the U.N. General Assembly in New York, Antonio Guterres urged richer countries to tax the profits of energy companies and redirect the funds to both countries suffering loss and damage caused by the climate crisis and those struggling with the rising cost of living. The United Arab Emirates says it will launch its first lunar rover in November. The lunar mission is part of the UAE's broader strategy to become a major player in the field of space exploration. If the moon mission succeeds, the UAE and Japan would join the ranks of only the U.S., Russia, and China as the nations that have put a spacecraft on the lunar surface. And Amazon's $1.7 billion deal to buy Roomba vacuum maker iRobot will face an in-depth review by the Federal Trade Commission. iRobot disclosed in a regulatory filing that both companies received a so-called second request seeking additional information on the deal. The request lengthens a deal's antitrust review by months or years, depending on the complaint. Complexity of the transaction. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 650 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include uh, President Biden preparing to address the U.N. General Assembly this morning. President with a star-studded fundraiser in New York City ahead of the speech. Trump lawyers' arguments met with skepticism at the first special master hearing over documents at Mar-a-Lago. And consumer bank CEOs head to Capitol Hill with a warning to lawmakers about inflation. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins for more on all these stories. Emily, I wonder how much revision President Biden is making to his address to the U.N. General Assembly after Russian President Putin's warning about a partial mobilization in Ukraine. We knew that uh, Putin was going to be talking a little bit in his speech about trying to annex various regions of Ukrainian territory um, that Russia has overtaken. But now he has also called up to 300,000 reservists. It's a major political escalation, uh, which he is now really portraying as a fight to the death with the U.S. and its allies. Um, and you do have to wonder, you know, how this is going to impact Biden's speech that he's planning on making later today. He was already going to really call out Russia's naked aggression in Ukraine and call it an affront uh, to the heart of the United Nations, kind of imply that that Russia isn't really doing what it needs to do to, to, to be a member 
November to be in the spirit of the United Nations. It's going, it was already knew it was going to be a firm rebuke. Um, but this might wind up even amping up, uh, the re- rhetoric that Biden is bringing to the United Nations uh, when he gives that speech later today. This is, of course, the, the first time that the UN is having, uh, in-person meetings and, and this in-person, uh, com- gathering, uh, since in the last two years due to the pandemic. And we've seen and heard a lot of rhetoric against Russia from the leaders we've heard from so far at this gathering. What are you going to be watching for as the president makes those remarks later today and uh, continues to interact with global leaders? I mean, I think one of the big questions is exactly what Biden pledges as far as U.S. support, if there's any more indication about what's coming next. Certainly, we've seen uh, plenty of, of headlines about the U.S. Uh, continuing to send aid to Ukraine in terms of financial aid, in terms of weapons and missiles and, and, and uh, machinery. Um, but I think another big thing that Biden has been lauded for is really being able to keep everyone together uh, to continue to ensure um, that Europe is still going to be pushing against Russia, uh, even though obviously the, the stakes are a little higher for a number of European countries. Also, we are coming up on winter. Uh, gas is still very high. Uh, there's lots of questions about how folks are going to be able to heat their homes if they're able to be, if they're going to be able to heat their homes. Um, and I think this is going to potentially present a bit of a breaking point, uh, where European leaders might say, you know, we are now in the, sixth, seventh, eighth month of this war. Uh, we need to make sure that we're looking out for our own citizens. I think there's a big question on whether Biden's going to be able to keep his allies and keep uh, the bloc pushing against Russia together. Now, along with the intensifying geopolitics, we're seeing that the president also has a midterm domestic politics in mind with this uh, Democratic uh, fundraiser last night that had some big names attached. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden, uh, he's up in New York anyway for the fun, uh, for the United Nations, figured that he'd do a fundraiser as well. Uh, it featured celebrity guests, including Robert De Niro, as well as New York Mayor Eric Adams. Um, you know, this is, it's part of the, the fun, the president's job to go to these fundraisers to raise money for his party. Uh, we're still, you know, very much in, in an era, uh, where candidates are raising a lot of money, um, and they need that money to remain, uh, competitive at this point. Biden also addressed uh, the group in several remarks. He really emphasized that this was this race is not about 2024. It's about 2022. It's about the midterms. It's about control of Congress and what Biden's going to be able to do in the last two years of his presidency. He also tried to clarify those remarks uh, that he made over the weekend in that 60 Minutes interview when he said that COVID was over. Uh, Biden reminded folks there that they needed to get their boosters and said that basically the pandemic is not now where it was previously. Well, let's get an update on the uh, special master situation. There was a hearing yesterday, the first one on the Mar-a-Lago documents. It sounds like the the special master has really been poking at uh, former President Trump's case. Yeah, even though that Trump was the one who put the uh, special master's name forward, this is former U.S. District Judge uh, Raymond Deary. Uh, he did, you know, he hasn't been lenient on Trump. He's pushing back. Uh, on the fact that some of these records aren't highly classified sensitive information. 
uh, it seems like the special master is, is agreeing a bit with the Justice Department that some of these are, are absolutely classified um, and that, you know, there is reason for the Justice Department to be able to have some of these documents. Of course, what Trump is, is trying to make sure is that, you know, any document that he could possibly get back uh, in, in, in his possession back in Mar-a-Lago is able to do so. And, of course, the, the Justice Department, meanwhile, is worried that the special master review is going to hold up their investigation. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're beginning to see the judge do his work on this. I, I think it's it, it, it's just another delay point, really, in sort of the overall question of what, if anything, the Justice Department is going to wind up uh, charging uh, former President Donald Trump with uh, or revealing about their investigation into him and uh, his possession of of this these the highly sensitive, highly classified documents. Just 30 seconds left here, Emily. Get us set for this hearing later this morning on Capitol Hill with consumer bank CEOs. Yeah, so we're going to be seeing a number of these CEOs, Citigroup, uh, JP Morgan. Uh, they're going to be warning of economic risks when they head to the Hill today to appear uh, in front of panels of lawmakers. Uh, they're going to say that, yes, even though COVID is behind us and the market is getting better, there are still a number of really daunting challenges uh, that face everyone. Uh, even though consumer spending is strong, um, there are also Americans are being hurt by high inflation. And they're also going to highlight how they will be trying to help consumers in the next couple months. And we'll have live coverage of that hearing from the House Financial Services Committee this morning, uh, just after 10 a.m. Wall Street time here on Bloomberg Radio, along with the president's address to the U.N. General Assembly and, of course, the Fed decision this afternoon in a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. Lots coming up in the nation's capital today. And our thanks to Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins for uh, bringing us the update ahead of all that. Right now, S&P futures are up 10 points. Dow futures up 90 and NASDAQ futures up 10 points. Bloomberg Surveillance, the morning edition, comes up next with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Plus.